0: Let your snacks be heard. Just go to frito to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void where prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at frito
1: This is the Falcoholic Podcast, the official podcast of the Atlanta Falcons on the SB Nation Podcast Network. This is Dave Walker. I'm joined by two of my colleagues from the Falcoholic to talk about some of the Falcons options for day two as we continue our 2021 NFL draft coverage. First is the one of our editors at the site and the host of Falcoholic Live. You've heard him here on the podcast before.
0: Of course, I'm talking about the one and only Kevin Knight. Kevin, how are you doing? Good, good. A little, little groggy from last night, but uh, other than that, you know, <laughs> got to sleep in a little bit, so I'm fresh and, and, and ready for the, for the pod. So. Yeah, perfect. Uh, excellent. Thanks for being here.
1: Um, and joining us is one of the frequent guests on The Falcoholic Live uh, as well, and one of our great writers at the site, the one and only Adnan Ikic. Adnan, how you doing?
2: Uh, I'm doing well as well. Um, like I told Will on The Falcoholic Live last night, you can't exert all of your energy into the first night. It is a marathon, overall, <laughs> a, a three-day marathon, and you know we're right in the middle of it right now.
1: Yeah, you know what? I I needed that advice last night because I think I uh I tried to do the sprint and I am paying for it today. <laughs> all right, we are getting together because I want to talk about some of these day two prospects that the Falcons could look at. I want to start on the offensive side of the ball, obviously. Uh, We've already covered both on Falcolic Live and on the podcast, the fact that the Falcons did end up drafting tight end Kyle Pitts, um, arguably the best non-quarterback in this entire draft class, a freak of an athlete, uh, clearly someone that uh, Matt Ryan is going to love throwing the ball to uh, in 2021. Um, But now we want to talk about the guys to fully build out this roster, this new roster, if you will, under Terry Fontenot. I want to start on the offense. um, And – We're going to focus primarily on running backs and offensive line for the simple fact of, number one, they clearly got uh, their tight end with that number four pick. Um, We believe wide receiver is not an issue right now for this team uh, with Calvin Ridley, presumably Julio Jones, depending on what happens with the trade uh, rumors we've been hearing. Um, But even past him, you've got Russell Gage as well. So it feels like those top three wide receiver positions are filled And honestly, with quarterback, unless the Falcons really surprise us, uh, I think all three of us agree that quarterback on day two doesn't make a ton of sense right now. Um, Really, uh, quarterback is still on the table, but it feels more like a day three pick than a day two pick. So we're not going to talk about any of the quarterback prospects, um, even though I will say there's a part of me that that's been scarred. That feels like, uh, you know, someone like Kyle Trask could still be on the <laughs> table. Oh, I just had like a, a bad internal reaction. I literally
0: tweeted this out before we came on like, okay, well, everything's fine. The only way we could screw this up is if we take a quarterback <laughs> oh, tonight. <God>. So yeah. <laughs> yeah <laughs> um,
2: leave that to the Saints. let them take Kyle. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yes, exactly. Um, all right. So let's start with, uh, running backs. Um, Kevin, I'll go to you here first, because right now we know that the two top guys came off the board. I think some people were surprised Travis Etienne went when he did. I think a lot of people thought he would be available at the top of the second. Of course, uh, the Jaguars decided to pair him up with his college uh, QB. Um, So he is off the board. Who is the next guy up in your list that you think would be a good fit for Atlanta?
0: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's Javante Williams, uh, who has been mocked to the Falcons for a while because, you know, he does resemble very much what Arthur Smith had in Derrick Henry, obviously not the just absolutely crazy size speed combination, but extremely physical runner. Um, honestly, very good receiver capable of doing it all. Uh, and because he was in a shared backfield with Michael Carter, who's actually the next running back on my list after that, um, and Javante actually only took over the backfield, like the higher number of carries this season, Uh, neither Javante Williams or Michael Carter actually have a ton of tread on their tires. I believe both of them have, uh, you know, less than 200 carries per season at the college level, which is kind of a rarity these days when you're talking about these really high drafted running backs. So uh, Javante is definitely the name that I would be considering at um, 35, but There are are a lot of guys, you know, also available later, potentially for that third round pick or fourth round pick as well.
1: Excellent. Um, Adnan, your thoughts on running back. Is Javante Williams the guy that you've got sort of in your mind if they'd sort of decide to double down on offense for uh, Arthur Smith?
2: If they decided they exclusively wanted a running back, yes. But I went into this thinking if we did take Kyle Pitts, I wouldn't be mad at doubling down and taking a running back and making this into a video game like offense next year. But only if Najee Harris or Travis Etienne were there at 35, because both of them went back to back at 24 and 25 in the first round. I wouldn't look at a running back at all uh, in the second round. I think there's some good running backs to be had, maybe even on day three, maybe a guy like Trey Sermon. Uh, Kenneth Gainwell, if he falls out of Memphis. Mm-hmm. But if we do go, uh, with offense in the second round, I I would definitely prefer to be an interior offensive lineman, someone like a Creed Humphrey, uh, or a possibly a Wyatt Davis out of Ohio State.
1: Yeah. And that's, and I think that's where maybe some of the focus is going to be, at least for, um, it, it, or what makes sense for the Falcons. Um, as you mentioned, um, day three, there's still, you know, some good running back prospects. And, and again, they do have Mike Davis. Um, uh, so in some ways they could hunt this uh, to the, the day three pick and not feel terrible about how, who they have in the backfield. Uh, they may also run uh, Corderell Patterson as a running back, um, at, you know, optionally as well. Uh, so I, I don't know that running back is a pressing need the way it was before. Uh, and I do feel like day three may be a better fit. So let's talk about the offensive line. Um, Anand, you, you hinted at some of the guys there. Uh, some of the names uh, we've seen sort of, you know, considered highly ranked or highly thought of. Um, I'll just throw some names out there. You mentioned a couple of them, Creed Humphrey, uh, Wyatt Davis out of Ohio State. Um, Liam Eichenberg, who I think, um, he played tackle at Notre Dame, but projects more as offensive guard, um, in the NFL, um, Landon Dickerson, I think a lot of people think, uh, is a really good prospect. Of course, he tore his ACL, uh, which obviously has knocked him down the boards, but he's coming out of Alabama, played every position on the offensive line in his time in college. Uh, and then, obviously, there's a few others. Are there any names in your mind that you that you actually really, as a fan, want to see the Falcons go after with that second-round uh, or third-round pick?
2: Yeah, it's with Landon Dickerson. If you can guarantee me that, you know, he'll be 100% and he'll be completely ready for the start of the season, you know, I'd, cons- I'd probably take him at 35 right away. Like, he's someone who would have been probably a top-20 pick if, uh, if not for that injury mm-hmm. and, you know, it, it's a case of, you have an opportunity to really get some value right there, you know, because it was a, an unfortunate event, but, you know, I, I think with today's medical technology, a torn ACL isn't exactly what it was 40, 50 years ago, but definitely offensive line, like any of those guys you mentioned, uh, Davis Humphrey, if we went in that direction in the second round, then I wouldn't be mad at it at all. You know, a guy like Ben Cleveland, too, you could potentially get him later on, maybe even in the third or fourth round uh, out of Georgia. He's someone who had some incredibly impressive measurables and who projects to be a pretty good guard at the next level. You know, if we decide to go defense in the second round and, and maybe take a guy like Cleveland in the third, you know, the options are just... Unlimited for the Falcons at this point, to where, like you guys mentioned, the only way they could screw this up is if they went quarterback tonight. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) Which we're, (laughs) we are not going to lean into that. Um, Yeah. yeah, We're going to move on from that one (laughs) quickly. So, Kevin, offensive line, uh, who are some of the guys on your list that you really, uh, because you've looked at a lot of these guys and we've talked about this. There were a handful of guys that um, sort of, you know, were top 15 prospects um, for offensive line. Um, In the first round, and then just a ton of guys that seems like really fit better into the day two, maybe early day three equation uh, for this draft class, which actually plays really well to the Falcons draft needs. Um, So here's some of the names you're keeping an eye on and that you think would be a good fit for the team on the offensive line.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think I might be like the biggest Creed Humphrey Stan that we have <laughs> uh, on Falcons Twitter. So, I mean, he's definitely a first round grade for me. So, um, getting him at 35 is totally something I would be very excited about. He is an elite athlete, the best, most athletic center that has ever tested per RAS. Uh, and he's got tremendous size to play guard or center. Now, I think if you take you know, a top center. You're probably asking Hennessy to move, not Creed, but right. Humphrey can play guard, and so can Hennessy. Honestly, I mean, both guys are plenty big, I and mean, both are like six four, three fifteen plus. So, um, you know, you guys mentioned Wyatt Davis and Landon Dickerson. Both of those guys are are good choices too. If you, the tackle class is very interesting because there are some guys there that fell. Tevin Jenkins is the one I would really be keeping an eye on for tonight if he's still there. Um, he was a right tackle. of a late riser one of his concerns was length so i think um him transitioning to guard for the falcons also being a guy who could play right tackle if mcgarry were not to take you know the next step we're hoping uh tevin jenkins is great he is he was absolutely a first round grade for me he is someone um that could be kind of a dark horse unexpected guy for the falcons because he should not be there um you mentioned liam Eichenberg, super technically sound ready day one starter. Um, he is someone obviously to keep an eye on too. And then Samuel Cosme from Texas is another guy, uh, another crazy athlete. Um, you know, I don't know how much experience he has at guard, if any at all, uh, but just a really talented player. So those are, I think the four, you know, plus, plus Wyatt Davis, Lane, and Dickerson, who I I think are maybe a little bit further down the board for me. Um, yeah. Creed, Tevin Jenkins, Liam Eikenberg, and Samuel Cosme are the four guys I would probably be circling. tonight and with Tevin and and Creed Humphrey as the top guys on my board at offensive line. Yeah.
1: And and it really sounds like, I mean, the Falcons are picking third on uh, in the second round, Um, assuming they stay there, which uh, several of us have have speculated that the Falcons could be a a prime candidate for trading back, given that the two teams ahead of them uh, uh, are the Jags and the Jets who both took quarterbacks in the first round Uh, there could be a team that wants to get aggressive about moving up for a quarterback and Atlanta would be the first team that you would think would be uh, sensible from a trade standpoint. If they're trying to leap in front of someone else, that's really hot on Kyle Trask. Oh my God. Mm -hmm. I I feel sick in my stomach saying that, but you know, a second round trade could net the Falcons, uh, you know, an early day three pick, you know, fourth round pick to move back four or five slots and they could still have their pick uh, of any of these offensive linemen. So Uh, Yeah, it really feels like there's a ton of great opportunities here for the Falcons on offense, but I want to switch gears and talk about the defense because I feel like arguably this is where maybe um, it makes sense for the Falcons to look at a variety of options. Clearly, the Falcons have a ton of needs Um, anywhere in the secondary. I think you can make a case both safety and corner as being a need, even though they've addressed some of that in free agency. They They don't have anyone for the long term. Um, other than AJ Terrell Uh, linebacker feels like the best position group from a depth standpoint. uh, But there's, you know, a key name there that may be really interesting and obviously the defensive line, you know, pass rusher, uh, potentially interior defensive line. So Kevin, I want to start with here with you here first in your mind on the defensive side, who are some of the top names uh, that are still available that you think the Falcons should take a look at? And and who's a guy that maybe, you personally would like to see the team go in there. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to cars.com. It's magical.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of good uh, defensive guys here at, at 35. The Falcons, if they were hoping for an edge rusher, they are most likely going to be staring at either Aziz Ojalari or Joseph Asai at 35, which if you had said, you know, a couple of weeks ago, people would say you were crazy. Um, a size cooled off a little bit, but I think he is totally the fit for a three, four, like what the Falcons run. He can play some, some off ball as well. And then Aziz is just, I don't really understand why he's not here. Um, I, I honestly could not tell you why the <laughs> hell you would ever draft Peyton Turner above Aziz Ojolari, why <laughs> you would ever draft Joe Tryon above Aziz Ojalari. Like uh, these are you know, even Jason Owa, I wouldn't, and and Jason Owa is, of course, like you know, a top fifteen edge athlete of all time. But like, I just, I personally cannot understand that Aziz is is much more pro ready. He could contribute right away, and despite his lack of like ideal size and and. Uh, all that he's a good run defender. He's really smart and and really nasty. So I I, I love Aziz if he's there at thirty five. That would be mighty tempting. But probably the best overall player on the board right now is linebacker Jeremiah uh J O K. As D W is saying, as some people are calling him. Um, <laughs> And look, it's absurd that he's here. Um, And the thing to consider with him is that I believe a lot of teams have him on the board as a safety because he is that archetype. He's that kind of money backer safety hybrid. Um, So if you think the Falcons still have a big need at like a strong box safety type, he could be that easily. Um, He could be that strong safety box player for you. Um, so, I mean, it's going to be really hard to pass on him if he's there, even though linebacker, not the biggest need, you know, safety, maybe not the biggest need now, uh, he's very tempting. And then at safety itself, you've got Trayvon Merig, uh, the top safety prospect still there, more of a, a free safety type. So with the Duran Harmon signing again, it's not the biggest need, but, um uh, Duran Harmon's only here for, for one year. So, yep. um, yeah, that, that is a consideration as well.
1: Yeah, it's when we're looking at these lists. Whether you look at you know uh, some of the the bigger lists, or you look at something like uh, Pro Football Focus, it does seem like uh, several of these names you mentioned are all showing up at the top of the list. And and several of these guys were thought to be surely guys that were going to go between twenty and thirty two. And it, it is sort of surprising that some
2: of them are available here. It um, so happens I, every year. Every yeah. year we have some of these reaches, like a Peyton Turner this year, mm-hmm. and these first round talents all fall to the top of the second round. And that's just, that was even more reason for the Falcons to have, you know, this high draft pick because it trickles down into the second, third, fourth rounds. And now you have your pick of the litter at this point, because other teams decided to galaxy brain it (laughs) like every year, like they do every single year. Yeah.
1: And that's such a great point. And this is, um, you know, whether it's Marcus Davenport a few years ago or um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> we're just going to dump on the Saints, which is actually yeah. really awesome. Uh, I love that. Um, but yeah, and, and to that point, you know, I think we all when we're playing with mock drafts and stuff, you know, if you go purely BPA, these guys come off the board. But a lot of times these teams see a player and, you know, on their board, maybe he is, uh, you know, ranked a little bit higher than everyone uh, else thought. And, you know, he fits their need, and they just love it too much, and they, they go after that guy. They say, oh, I love the athletic profile. And those coaches, you know, convince the front office, oh, I, he's raw, but I can, I can make him work.
2: Yeah, every um, single Rashad Penny a few years ago yeah. uh, mm-hmm. taken by the Seahawks. Nick Chubb then goes to the Browns a few picks later in the second round. Yeah. It's, it, it's clockwork because, you know, these coaches think and GMs think that they're the smartest person in the room. And, you know, eventually it, uh, most of the time you realize that they're not. Yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. And uh, I, I love the term galaxy brain because it really does feel <laughs> like that. Um, so, Adnan, uh, of all these names, I mean, uh, do you feel like uh, if they go after J.O.K., Jeremiah, Owusu, Koromoa, um, out of Notre Dame, that e- even though they have, you know, several linebackers, so they've got obviously Deion Jones, who they've sort of committed to for the next couple of years. Um, you've also, you've got Lucan who had a monster year last year and you, you have Michael Walker who, you know, looked really promising as a rookie. Um, you know, does the fact that he's listed as a linebacker cause you any pause or are you all about that BPA game?
2: Yeah. JOK would be 100% BPA at 35. And to be honest with you, I didn't go into this draft thinking about a linebacker at all in the first three rounds. But you have these new-age revolutionary linebackers, and then you have whatever the hell JOK is at this point because he was PFF's second-highest-graded slot coverage guy, and he played linebacker every <laughs> single snap last mm-hmm. year. And that's absolutely insane to me. And I think if he's there at 35, you pull the trigger just because you know, that's not only where the NFL is like going – as we've seen with well Deion Jones a few years ago, uh, but that would be to me like our linebacker, our coverage at linebacker would be absolutely like stifling because you have Deion Jones, you have Michael Walker, who's a pretty mm-hmm. good cover guy, you have JOK. It it would be absolutely, it would be difficult for you know opposing offensive coordinators at that point and. Like you guys mentioned, if need be, JOK can uh, play, can be your box safety guy. He definitely has that skill set. And, you know, I think I'm absolutely shocked that he's still on the board after day one, given his skill set. But also you really, it's really difficult to go wrong here. If the team wanted to trade back and go back uh, five, ten spots and pick up another high day three pick, maybe even a third rounder, then, you know, one of these really great players is still going to be on the board yeah. looking at the numbers game.
1: <clears throat> and this is where I really think the potential for a Falcons trade uh, has a lot of weight. When you've got these guys who we're seeing as first round prospects by you know most people, um, they, you know, another team may get really aggressive and decide, Hey, I want to move up eight spots and jump in, in front of all these teams uh, in front of me, that may want to go after a JOK, and in order to do that, uh, normally it would take a fourth, you know, a, a fourth to do that. Uh, but maybe I need to sweeten the pot a little bit. Maybe it's it's maybe it becomes a third, so I can get go up and get this, you know, this guy who should have been gone on day one. Uh, so you know, I think the Falcons are in a great position here, um, being the third pick in the the second round. Um, you know, the Jags and in the Jets certainly could trade back as well. And, and that is always an option. Um, but right now, you know, that even if two great guys go off in front of the Falcons, there's probably still going to be a great player waiting for him uh, with that third pick. So this is, you know, this is what you get when you finish uh, with a Dan Quinn uh, built roster with uh, Thomas Dimitrov, you, you get some high picks. Uh, so thank you TD and DQ for making sure we uh, start off the uh, the, the Fontenot era with with some good picks um, so with that said uh, some other names that I've seen that may make some sense I um, just want to get your thoughts on this um, defensive interior Christian bear uh, Christian barmore out of Alabama um, inconsistent I think is is generous um, but absolutely shows flashes of, of incredibly dominant play um this one would be fun in my mind because of his uh, uh, dad being a former Falcon is Asante Samuel jr. uh, The corner out of FSU. Uh, If he somehow ends up on the Falcons, um, Matt Ryan and Julio Jones will have played with both father and son in their time in the league, (laughs) which is, which is kind of crazy when you think about it. Um, And yeah. So what do you guys think about some of these additional names? Um, Maybe that, you know, maybe a little bit more of a reach for that uh pick at number 3 but if the falcons do get a trade you know it may make more sense in the middle of the second round so kevin what i'll, I'll go to you in this one
0: yeah i mean barmore is a very like boom bust defensive tackle um came on super strong uh in like the college football playoff after not really having much production but um i mean i know there's a lot of teams that really like him it's uh like the falcons defensive tackle room is like so full um <laughs> <laughs> Obviously you're going to make room for Christian Barmore. more like that's not going to be an issue, but um, yeah, I mean, I, 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 I kind of doubt it, I guess, but it wouldn't shock me because he, he, I think, you know, especially like if he, if you trade down and he's there a little bit later too, that that could be the best player on your board. Um, right. I think. Um, if we're looking like more third round, that could be a good place to target edge as well. It's a super deep class. Um I think I have five guys with third round grades and five guys with seven. Actually I actually have seven guys with second round grades. So there's just a lot of edge guys there. So that could always be a good place to pick up players. Guys like uh, Carlos Basham Jr. is really popular. Quincy Roche, I'm a big fan of Hamilcar Rashid Jr. Uh, so those guys are, are all good options. Um I do think that they're not going to get out of day two without an offensive lineman. And I think they really need to get one. Mm-hmm. Um, so if they don't take one at 35, if the pressure's on, you know, just to see who's there at 68, I think they're going to have options there. You know, Quinn miners from Wisconsin. Whitewater is one that I would be looking at. Um, Josh Myers from Ohio state can play center or guard. And then uh, Trey Smith from Tennessee is another one, a uh, big old athlete uh, guard who could potentially uh, start there. So that's where I'd be looking. You know, I know Kenneth Gamewell is another guy at running back um, that I, I know the team really likes they've met with him. They've done a lot of research on him. Um, so he could also be kind of a, a, an option at, in the third round. If they decide to go the running back route. Yeah. So
1: online in your mind, um, the Falcons with the holes that they have on this roster, um, what is your preference for day two picks? Are you, all in on, Hey, let's make this offense freaky. Let's go offensive guard running back, you know, some variation of that. Um, are you, or are you thinking more, Hey, you know what? The, the offense is good enough. We've, we've got a freaky tight end in, in Kyle Pitts and we need to sort of double down on defense. What, what are your thoughts there?
2: Um, I think we can go both ways in that uh, Kevin's right. We do need to come out of this class with a guard out of uh, this day with a guard. And, you know, as highly as I think of uh, Mad Gono, I'd be kind of worried about going into next season with him as your left guard and, you know, pretty much a barren wasteland at the swing guard position. But I definitely think that we need to pick up someone in the secondary tonight, Uh, whether Mm -hmm. that's in the second round or the third round, whether that is, you know, an Asante Samuel Jr., maybe someone like a Richie Grant who we haven't mentioned yet. Uh, Andre Cisco, the name, possibly in that third round uh, out of Syracuse. You know, just we need, uh, like you mentioned, there's A.J. Terrell in the secondary uh, for the long term. And then that's about it. Uh, yeah. You know, possibly Jalen Hawkins. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, like that secondary, we brought in a couple of safeties. We brought in Daron Harmon. Uh, we brought in uh, the guy from the Raiders whose name I'm blanking on right now. Um, but, yeah, I think this team definitely needs an influx. Eric Harris, that's the name. Yeah. This team need, needs an influx in the secondary. Um, and, you know, right now, especially at the cornerback position, it's it's Terrell and, and that's about it. And, you know, I think the linebackers are pretty good. Uh, if We want to go – uh bpa with jok i'd be completely for that but definitely this team has an opportunity to really plug some holes tonight
1: yeah yeah and i think uh if you look at a lot of the names available uh you can make a strong case for multiple positions multiple players uh, which again is such a great position for the falcons to be in from a draft standpoint um. Yeah. Personally, as I look at this roster, I look at the defense. I, I just, I'm, I'm with you, that. I feel like the secondary is a big, big question mark. Um, it, it's one that makes me nervous for the long term. Um, and honestly, you know, if if JOK can be, you know, that that box safety uh, of the future, and he's also the BPA, do it. Makes perfect sense. We're gonna need one uh, for the long haul uh, with Keon and having heading to Dallas. Um, and likewise, you know, if, if, if you feel like Asante Samuel Jr. is going to be that guy um, to, to sit across the field from A.J. Terrell um, as a starter from day one, uh, do it. We need someone there uh, unless you're sold on Isaiah Oliver or Kendall Sheffield taking the next step with this new coaching staff. Um, and, and honestly, you know, when it comes to edge, you know, to Kevin's point, uh, who do we have there? We have a bunch of wild cards and we've got a guy who we just forced a pay cut on. Uh, who probably will not be with the Falcons next year and Dante Fowler Jr. So compelling case to me on on defense across the board. Uh, And honestly, uh, probably a strong case for all of these guys uh, as, you know, BPA if they land at the Falcons feet when when it comes time for them to draft in the second round, maybe even third round. Um, All right. So final thoughts as we wrap up this uh, quick podcast uh, to preview day two, for the Falcons in the 2021 NFL draft. Kevin, any last thoughts, guys that you are really, really keyed in on, or guys that you think could be a wild card that maybe fans aren't thinking about?
0: Um, you know, no quarterbacks. We're gonna like, you know, make sure we really drive we're speaking that, that into existence. Yeah, we're gonna really drive that one home. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I think a lot of Falcons fans aren't thinking about Tevin Jenkins. I know I mentioned it before, but if he's still there at 35, um, I would be very interested in getting him on the roster because he can play tackle, he could play guard, I think really well um, and like I just think that would be kind of a, a slam dunk. Obviously, I'm a huge Creed Humphrey fan. Um, the only thing with Creed is like can, he can play guard, but like I said, if you're taking a center, you know who I think is probably the best center in the draft you're, you're probably not asking him to move. you're probably asking someone like Matt Hennessy to move and um, Hennessy was a lot better I thought when he was playing center. That I think makes sense because he was not good at guard, but
2: dreadful as a guard. Yeah. So,
0: um, that's obviously not ideal, but maybe with another off season of learning a completely new position for Hennessy, um, you know, another training camp where he's going to be given a, another chance to learn. It it might not be as bad because Hennessy has the body type for it. There's no reason he can't be a good guard. It just, it, it's, it's not as easy as just like, okay, just, you know, stand two yards to your left, uh, and you right. know, get in the way. That's not exactly You'd be surprised. You'd be surprised <laughs> at how many people think it's that easy. <laughs> yeah. Just, just like, yeah, just stand over there and, you know, put your hands up and there you go. That's, that's all you got to do. to play guard. And be but, fat,
2: be
1: fat.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So there's, uh, there's that. And yeah, so I guess I would, I'm leaning up to the offensive line. Um, the only name I think we haven't mentioned is Asante Samuel jr. Who is probably the top corner left for most people. Um, mm-hmm. So that's another one to consider.
1: Yeah. Adnan same question to you as we wrap up any names that you personally are keyed in on as a fan.
2: Well, you know, Kyle Trask did have some success. Oh, stop it. <laughs> we're
0: about to yeah, look, it's the wrong Florida Kyle.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, we we're making a joke that they were accidentally going to write in Kyle Trask's name instead of Kyle Pitts at four last night. Um, but uh, yeah, no, definitely. I think we've keyed in on a lot of the guys that I'm looking at. You know, another guy who probably haven't mentioned Javon Holland out of Oregon. Uh, someone who has experience in uh, covering the slot as well. He opted out last year, so his stock could take a little bit of a hit. Our uh, Darius Washington out of TCU, another safety. Basically, I'm keyed in right now on interior offensive line and on the secondary, whether that be cornerback or safety. Uh, I know it would be great to get an edge guy, and you know maybe Terry Fontenot has Aziz Ojolari above everyone else on the board, and that would be fine. I trust whatever direction the coaching staff goes in, as long as it's not a quarterback. But, you know, <laughs> overall, the, the prevailing theme is that it would be really, really hard to screw this up tonight.
1: Yeah, um, but as Falcons fans, we will always hold in our back pocket that potential um as for me one of the names i've, I've been reading about recently uh, rashad weaver edge out of pittsburgh could be a guy in the third round uh that would make a lot of sense um and was per pff's metrics was ranked pretty high uh in college so uh, a couple of interesting names i think in the third round that the falcons could go after but he's sort of at the top of my list of uh, one to keep an eye on um so with that Uh, we're going to wrap up this podcast. Kevin, why don't you
0: tell our listeners where they can find you, what you've got going on. Yeah. So we'll be back for day two coverage tonight at seven o'clock PM. uh, Eastern on YouTube for all of that good stuff. The draft party continues. uh, So check that out guys. uh, If you're, if you're interested in that live coverage and again, we'll be back on Saturday as well. uh, Starting at noon. Um, The, the show is the Falcoholic live. It's at Falcoholic live on Twitter. Uh, it's, I believe just the Falcoholic on YouTube, but, uh, I'm sure you guys can figure it out. You're, I'm sure you're all very internet, li- internet literate. If you're listening to podcasts, um, and then I am at Falcoholic Kevin on Twitter. So you can check me out there. Excellent. Adnan, same for you, sir.
2: Uh, yeah, you can basically find me whenever Falcoholic live is on, uh, I'm there a lot and, you know, you can find me on Twitter at say which way. And I have a pretty exciting dead zone series that will be happening after all of the draft talking, you know, dropped adrenaline, uh, pretty much died down.
1: Excellent. And as for you guys, you can follow me on Twitter at DW. updates for this podcast at Pod. and of course our articles daily at Valcoholic.com. So for Kevin Knight and Adnan Ikich, this is David Walker. Thank you guys for listening. We'll talk to you next time.